got bad news for you. everyone to the jazz jitsu podcast i am your host jazz ortiz and we're back we're back with another episode i've been gone for a couple weeks and i'm looking forward to going into that um first of all i want to say happy father's day to all the fathers out there uh happy father's day to my father i hope he's seeing this shout out um but yeah man it's been a crazy past couple of weeks um, I went on vacation, I competed, yeah, I think the last episode I did was the, either the couple days before I was about to go out to compete, or the actual, um, day before, but, obviously, it went well, it went well, I was able to execute my, uh, game plan perfectly, um, well, a few, a few things I could fix, but, um, overall got the result I wanted, so, Happy about that. Um, it was a World Series of Jiu-Jitsu in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and um, <clears throat> and um, it was a great event. Um, we were supposed to have uh, three people in my bracket, and um, one one guy just didn't show up, so it ended up being uh, me and this other guy, and um, we ended up having to go uh, best two out of three, and. Um, Luckily, I was able to get the quick sub in the first uh, match. I uh, I caught him in an inside heel hook. And then the second one, I ended up winning by EBI overtime round. So that was that was interesting. That was a first for me because I've never uh, competed under that rule set. And I've also never... Um, I've never even trained um, EBI overtime. So it was, it was interesting and... Um, Definitely uh, challenged me in a unique way in that um, it was not only to escape, but it was do it as quickly as possible. You know, usually in the training room, um, people, you know, will wait for wait for their opponent to uh, make a mistake and then capitalize on it. The, at this point, it was no making mistakes. It was just... You had to go, go, go. You had to get out. It didn't matter if they were attacking subs or if they were just trying to hold you statically. But it was a, it was a good one. Um, I, uh, I knew going into the second match, I was like, I do not want to do a third match. So I better get this win, and so we can just get on out of here. Because originally, and I, I don't even know if I said this on the podcast, but originally I thought the tournament was going to be in Lynchburg. And I don't know why I thought that for some reason. Maybe because I went to uh, an event or something in Lynchburg not long ago. But um, I thought it was in Lynchburg. I don't know why I thought that. So when I got up that that morning, I was thinking, oh, it'll probably be about an hour and a half drive. You know, Lynchburg's about an hour and a half. And then I look on the I look on the website and start checking the the location and everything, and I see on the big poster, of course, I missed that, it said, World Series of Jiu-Jitsu, Richmond, I'm like, oh shit, Richmond, that can't be too bad, let's see how far that that is, so, I look at it, and it says, two hours and 50 minutes, and I, I had planned on, um, leaving later, um, because they, um, that originally you were supposed to get there to weigh in in the morning, like eight or nine, and um, the promoter sent out a massive uh, email saying, you know, um, uh, for colored belts you can uh, show up later. I know it's a it's a long drive for everyone, so uh, we'll make it later. So and I was like, okay, cool. I'll just um I'll leave here about ten. You know, it's an hour and a half drive. I'll get there about lunchtime. So then, um. I look on the location, and it says 2 hours and 50 minutes. I'm like, well, shit. It's 1 in the morning, so I'm going to have to get up super early because I'm going to have a freaking 3-hour drive. But um, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I ended up getting uh, getting up uh, semi-early, uh, got over there, and 
I don't know why in my mind I thought this, but I thought I was going to be able to go into this tournament, go in there, snatch some snatch some W's, get my cash. It was also cash prize. Um, win some cash, and then just get my ass out of there. It went nothing like that. I thought I was I thought I was going to be there two hours max, and uh, some of my other teammates thought the same also. They were backed up. I would say we didn't end up competing until about I would say two thirty. I think it was two or two thirty, and out the whole time I was just anxiously waiting. And then I it got to the point where I wasn't even nervous anymore. I the anxiety and everything had left, and I was just like, oh, well, I guess they're just gonna call me whenever they call me." We um we had to wait uh so long for because they had to do the rules meeting for colored belts and then they had to do uh, weigh-ins and everything so it was it was so backed up that by the time it came I think I competed better because I was just so relaxed because I was like well shit I'm just I'm dying to get out there now because I'm like dude I'm trying to go home I've got a three-hour drive home and um I ain't trying to do all this shit so uh. We get all the rules meeting and all that out of the way and um, competed, did great, and um, luckily I was able to walk away with uh, two fifteen cash. That definitely makes it sweeter to uh, to win cash because uh, you know you get a little medal. You know, okay, that's something to show for, but it's not it's not as cool as you know. Hey, I just want some cash. Um, I wonder how. Uh, I wonder if it would be if jujitsu would be more entertaining if um, people would make side bets, like if I know uh, Gordon has uh, Gordon Ryan has uh, offered this to guys, but putting up money of their own, like it, I think it'd be pretty interesting uh, if uh, people on the jujitsu scene would start doing bet matches. Like, let's say I put up five k and you put up five k, and then winner takes all. I think that's where the real men would come out to play. I think. I think that would make the game very interesting. But um but yeah, uh competing it was great. Um I walked away with a bruised up leg because I got caught in like a is a weird one of the weird Eddie Bravo uh positions. It was like a calf slicer, but like my leg was being bent. It was like he put his leg in the bend of my leg uh, right behind my knee and then st- put figure forward his other leg over and then kind of like tried to calf crush, I guess. I don't know what exactly he was trying to do. It was so weird that, um, when he caught me in it, I, uh, I was, I just sat there for a little bit. Like it felt like it was probably not even that quick. Uh, it it probably wasn't even that long when, uh, it happened. But when I was in that position for me, it felt like I was in the matrix. Like everything was going super slow motion. I was just like, Huh. I was like, this doesn't make me want to tap, but it's super uncomfortable. I was like, let me sit here and see if I can ride it out. Because it was in the, uh, I think it was in one of the overtime rounds that this happened. And I was like, I, I can just, if I just ride it out and try and straighten my leg through it, um, I know I'll be able to get out. And um, I ended up getting out. And um, it was so weird. I'll uh, I'll definitely have to play around with that in the training room and uh, defending that because it was one of those weird submissions that you uh, that you'd see people snatch off of like a uh, deep half or um, while they're spinning and transitioning to the back. It was very weird. But yeah, man. Um, competed. Then after that, um, trained all week. I knew I had to get um I knew I had to get in as much training as uh possible before I left for the beach because um obviously I wouldn't be I wasn't going to be able to train as much so um did did my uh training got got some uh got some uh, morning round sessions and uh did my usual night classes at uh Elevate and um then from there I was off to the beach um we left the beach on Friday and um no, Saturday, Saturday morning, and, um, I'll tell you, man, I just, it's not that, uh, and no offense, Allison, I know you'll probably be listening to this, but no offense, but I just, I hate getting up in the, the worst part about the one, 
I should say, no, this is probably the worst part. Worst part about going for a vacation is packing. And not only just packing for yourself, but packing for everyone. Because you gotta ram shit here, or you gotta cram stuff here, and everyone's just super uncomfortable and just crammed into a car, and let's just drive a shit ton of hours. And you gotta get up super early, and everybody's crammed in, everybody's, everybody hasn't even woken up yet, I think we left at like, what, seven, seven in the morning, something like that, and, um, everyone is all just, you know, still in that morning haze, and, um, we headed up towards, um, we decided to try somewhere, uh, different this year, um, because we were going to, uh, Oak Island, and, um, we thought it was it was okay. Um, the only thing about it was um, even uh, even before COVID, um, there wasn't a lot to do. But now with COVID, um, businesses aren't open as late, or they're not open on certain days, and there's just not a lot to do. So we figured let's try a uh, a change. Let's go to um, let's go to the Outer Banks. I'm impressed that I was able to remember that because I've been saying Oak Island this whole week that I was gone. I couldn't even remember. Outer Banks, Outer Banks. And um, <clears throat> so we went to the Outer Banks, and I was nervous about it because, I, you know, I've never been. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. But I knew the one the one thing that would be my saving grace was that there was a jiu-jitsu gym down there. And I was like, well, look, even if it sucks, you'll still get to train, which is much better than what than it would have been in uh past trips because there wasn't anything to do and um and don't get me wrong I mean it's not that there's nothing to do it's more necessary it's more about things that I want to do like like I like to tell Allison Oak Island is for is a place for people who are retired to just go and chill like I'm not the type of person that's why I hate vacations is I'm not the type of person to just chill out like I've got to be running and doing something to keep me occupied. So um I went up to uh to train at uh Momentum Jiu Jitsu. Um they were a great gym. Um they did uh the one class I went to, um, that one on Tuesday, I think it was, that they were doing a gi class, which was very interesting for me because I have not done gi in over let's say Last time I did gi was probably October of last year, because that was um, the last time I competed in gi, and then from then on I was, I was like I want to focus on on no gi. So October of last year, so that would be how many months? December, November, December, January, February. So it's been about eight months since I've been in the gi. And I'll tell you, man, it was very weird being in the gi, but then again, not. Because I was still able to um, do some of the uh, same moves that I do no gi. But the one thing I noticed was that people were passing my guard so much quicker um, than in no gi. Like, no gi, I was able to um, uh, maintain my guard for, uh, I would say, against um, most people. But with um, with gi, um, of course, it's the freaking grips that they can get on you. It was just, I couldn't maneuver my legs over and use my slipperiness or um, my little limbs to get on the inside because they were gripping at my, they were either gripping at my knees or uh, just gripping at my pant legs and they could just toss me to the side, which definitely made it, um, made it harder to uh, play, uh, play bottom at all, um, play bottom, so, um, it was tough to hit anything off bottom, but I was, I noticed that my, that my passing, I was able to still use some of the same movements, and, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely fun to get back in the gi, I don't foresee myself, um, going back to full-time gi, or even training in the gi at all, just because, like, I could even tell just from going home that night, my, my hands were, um, shaking from gripping and uh getting grips broken on me and um it was just so um it was so hard on my hands and I I need my hands I can't you know I can't be uh can't be messing my hands up getting that 
arthritis. It's just not uh, it's not worth it to me. I don't love the gi enough to uh, to sustain those kind of injuries. So it is what it is, you know. Everyone uh, to each his own. But um, it was a great trip. Um, after that, I uh, trained one more time uh, that following day, and um, that was it for the week. Um, we did some drills, um, and uh, was able to get some. I was able to get some Noki uh, rolls also on Wednesday, which was great. And um, yeah, everything felt on point. Um, I feel like I'm really, uh, I'm really uh, building my A game right now uh, in Nogi. And um, I definitely look forward to uh, competitions in the future to to test out my A game. And um, that was a, that was uh, one of the things I was having the most trouble with um, in recent competitions. And um, something that I was able to address in my most recent competition was um, I was I didn't really have a game plan. And it's not not even that you have a and the way people think of a game plan is uh, you do this move, and then you, you move from A, B, C, D, right, and then you finish. It's For me, a game plan is not necessarily that. It's more get to a position that you're really good at and have a bunch of finishes from that certain position and just be able to attack from there any possible way. Like, say, for example, close guard. I don't play close guard, but someone who would would have a variety of ways to finish you from there. And if things went south, they could uh, sweep you. That is what uh, that is what I was trying to, to establish in, for myself because um, I was really good at getting submissions um, from any position. Say, for example, I'm really good at triangles. I'm able to get them from a variety of different uh, positions, but it was I couldn't keep those positions. So, say for example, I'm 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 good at getting them from let's say from the back, um, getting a uh, rear triangle. I was able to hit off that submission, but I couldn't get to that position. So it would be useless um, in a match because. How would I even get the person in that position to finish him that with that submission? So that was something I've uh, I've really worked on and uh, developed a strategy on getting to my positions and um, being effective from there. So um, that's something I've I've been able to capitalize on more, on more, and I'm very happy about it. But um, yeah, it was great. Um, then I think it was what did we do Thursday? Thursday. I think we went to go. I think we went out on the pier, which was which was cool. We got to see a few people catching uh, stingrays, and um, they were uh, catching fish. It was it was pretty fun. Um, we got to hit up some of the gift shops. That was cool. We even got to go to a uh, a store that's nothing but. Christmas decorations and nothing but Christmas items and little did we know like the store was called the Christmas store and little did we know that it also had a Halloween section and it's like a big gigantic store it's it's so deceiving because when you walk up to it it's not even that big but once you go inside you're like oh my gosh this is ridiculous like it just goes on and on with decorations and then little did we know that there was Halloween decorations it was it was nuts so we did that and then we uh we went out into the town um had a few drinks um ate at this great restaurant I can't remember what it was called I think it was a Lost Colony Brewery, something like that. They had all sorts of weird beers, but um, of course, your boy didn't try it. But um, it was uh, it was great. I had some of the best shrimp and grits I've ever had there, which that was fantastic. And um, then after that, on Friday, was one of the days I dreaded the most because um, I. We were originally supposed to do, um, we were originally supposed to do a wild horse tour because, um, in the Outer Banks, there's wild horses. They've, apparently they've always been there since like the 1800s 
and um, these uh, these horses have been there forever. So they have like um, they have like big trucks and jeeps that you can go out to see them. And um, everyone was so interested in that because um, one of their friend uh, one of their friends had uh, suggested that to them. So I was when they presented that idea to me, I was like, horses, we're we're out here in the Outer Banks to see freaking ponies. Are you kidding me? Little horses, really? And they were like, yeah, it'll be so much fun. And I'm like. Yeah, you can count me out, big dog. Uh, that's not something I'm trying to do. But they ended up, they it forced me to go, and I ended up uh, liking it okay. Um, honestly, the horses um, is not even the fun part about it. You get to see them from like a distance. But the horses weren't even the fun part about it. The fun part was they take you out on this uh, big uh, truck, and uh, depending on which vehicle you get, if you get lucky, um, we got out on this big truck and they take you uh, off road, off road, uh, riding in the in the sand at the beach. And it's so much fun because you just um, you just uh, you're running through hills. You're just going fast like that. That was really cool. I told him, I said, we should have just like rented ATVs and freaking just rode it in the in the in the beach. And, um, I wonder how that would have went because when we were, uh, when we were riding through there, there was, um, <clears throat> there was some cars there that had gotten, that had gotten stuck. Like we saw one little Subaru. I was like, dude, how did you think this Subaru was even going to get in there? And, um, yeah, that would have been fun if we would have got some ATVs and rode out there. That, that would have been crazy. But, um, overall the tour wasn't too bad. Um, it was hilarious because when we were riding out, we hadn't even, the guy had told us, uh, our tour guide had told us, um, you know, if you got sunglasses or hats, make sure you hang on to them because they're going to go flying off. And um, Tyler, of course, he had his hat on. And um, when we rode out, we had just gotten out of the parking lot and his hat went flying off into the road. And we busted out laughing because we were like, dude, we didn't even we just got out of the parking lot and it already flew off and it was so bummed out, but we got lucky because after we had, uh, after we, uh, got back, we looked for it in the road and, um, w- well, we were looking at it as we were riding, uh, riding through and we saw it on the side of the road and, and we were like, dude, you should go get it, go get it. And, um, he ended up getting his hat back, which was, which was great. Cause I'm sure that was very sentimental to him. And, um, yeah, it was pretty hilarious, and um, then what did we do? That was uh, those are pretty much like the big things that happened uh, over the week. Um, other than that, it was just like typical, typical um, vacation stuff. You know, hanging out. Uh, we we got a pool also. Which anyone who's trying to visit the Outer Banks, um. The pools are heated, but they're only heated when it's cold outside. So it's it's hit or miss because uh, some of the days we were there, it was really cold outside, and the pool was heated. So it was it was good once you got in the pool, but once you got out, it was freezing cold. But also with the catch that came along with it was that when the pools were heated, I mean, they were heated enough to keep you just a little warm, not enough to, that you couldn't crank up the heat or anything, it was just, it was either on or off, it was just enough to keep you from getting uncomfortable, but at the same time, um, it wasn't enough to like, ooh, like I'm warm, like, and nothing like a hot tub, so keep that in mind if you're, if you're going to the Outer Banks, um, if it says that their pools are heated, don't mistake that for, like, a hot tub or anything. Like, they're heated, but just enough to, like, so you won't die. So, um, yeah, there's a little tip for you. And, um, there was some, uh, there was some fights over the week, uh, over the weekend. Uh, I'm not sure when, um, Clarissa Shields, uh, made her debut, but she made her debut, and, um, I was able to catch the highlights of that. Um, it was great because, um, you know, she's, pr- 
probably one of the first, if not the first, um, elite boxer, male or female, to um, look good in a MMA debut. I mean, she she looked good. She got uh, she got taken down a few times, but she was able to uh, she was able to recover from them and um, stuff some of the takedowns. And um, you could tell whenever um, whenever her opponent charged at her, she was scared of getting hit with those bombs, man. When because Clarissa was swinging, man. I'm telling you, she was throwing haymakers. And um, I was surprised at the end of uh, at the end of her fight when that they stopped it when they did because that girl was just getting the shit beat out of her. I mean, she was just getting pounded with hooks and. Um, I was like, all right, you can stop it now. I mean, she's not fighting back. Okay, all right, okay, finally. Finally, you stopped it. So, um, I was glad to see, uh, I was, I was glad to see Clarissa made a, uh, a great debut. And, um, it was also a great, um, jiu-jitsu card of who's number one. I was able to, uh, I was able to catch some of that on, uh, Friday night. When we had gotten back from that uh, horse horse tour, and um, I was able to uh, catch some of the matches. Let me pull them up here so we can uh, break them all down. Yeah, it was a great it was a great uh, it was a great card. Let's see here. You know, anytime uh, Craig Jones is fighting, it's going to be a good night. Let's see here. I gotta pull. I gotta pull it up on their Instagram because <clears throat> Flow Grappling doesn't make it easy to access it. Come on, Flow Grappling. Flow, flow Grappling. Get it together. I was able to catch the. Uh, by the time I tuned in, it was the Cody Steele. Um, what's his name? He's a UFC fighter. Um. Philip Rao, Phil Rao, I was, uh, I was able to catch their match, um, I know it got a lot of the crowd hype and everything, but as a, um, I love to, I love to watch a jiu-jitsu match that has jiu-jitsu in it, their match was entertaining, like, to, like, it would be entertaining if, if you showed it to, like, someone who's, like, a casual fan, but, um, if you watch their match, they had so many opportunities to finish each other, and um, I'll give it to uh, Cody Steele. He even put himself in vulnerable positions to get something going, like trying to start a transition, but um, Phil Rout just wasn't engaging at all. It was more like, by the end of their match, it was just a sweat puddle, and two guys just trying not to lose, or either just get into like a back and forth match of like, you can't take me down. No, you can't take me down. And, uh, there were so many times where, um, if they would have, uh, I think at one point, I'm not sure if it was Cody or Phil had, uh, had each other's back. And I was like, dude, you could finish it from here. If you just did it, like the finish is there. Why are you not finishing? But, um, it was, uh, it was an okay match. Um, I feel like they could have, uh, they could have they could have went in for the they could have fought harder for the finish. Um then after that was the uh the Mika Galvao um Taza match. I'm telling you, man, Mikael is on a tear, man. He is just taking everybody out. Um this match was really good. I was interested to see how uh Mikael was gonna do against uh Taza. Taza's uh much older than he is. He's like uh I didn't realize that Mikael was seventeen years old. I thought he was like at least eighteen or nineteen. I, I didn't think he was he was uh seventeen. I mean he is he's killing the game. Um I think if I uh last night he won a uh uh the third case grappling tournament right after he had um done his who's number one match i mean this dude is an animal i was wondering um i'd heard of uh mikhail before and um now i'm like dude this guy's everywhere and um he just he's just blown up like crazy and um he looked great in this match um taza had a lot of uh great uh wrestling and um considering uh mikhail's uh credentials um it sounds like Taz's wrestling's pretty legit because um I think they said um 
Mikhail was is a black belt, um, or a, a black belt or a champion of some sort, and um, Luta Libre, which is um, the Brazilian's uh, uh, version of wrestling. So um, he's no punk when it comes to wrestling. I mean, this guy's legit. And um, at 17 years old, I mean, it is ridiculous um, what uh, what Mikhail's doing in such a short amount of time. And um, to take out someone like Taza, it's it's pretty insane. I mean, he was even able to uh, to uh, get out some, get out of some of uh, Taza's leg entanglement. So that's pretty impressive. You got to give it to uh, Galval for that. It's it's a good. Uh, it's a good uh, feather in your cap to uh, take out someone like Taza. So um, after that, it was um, let's see here. Who was after that? Whose fight did I catch? Because it was some. My phone was dying in between some of the ma- matches, so I couldn't catch all of them. Let's see here. I think no. Was the uh, I think it was the Andrew Wiltsey fight after that. I don't think I caught that one though. I did catch the. Uh, no, I'm lying. I got to go back and watch that. The uh, Mikey Misumechi, um, uh, Juni match. I uh, I was able to watch part of it, but I got to go back and watch the whole thing because there was a lot of uh, uh, leg entanglements back and forth between the two and. Um, I think uh, Mikey ended up. Oh yeah, I caught the tail end of it. Mikey um, ended up catching him in a. Uh, it was like a. I think it was a Dars, uh, and he started transitioning to the mounted Dars, and then just ran out of time. I think if he would have had, um, if he would have had more time, he uh, he would have finished him. But it was uh, it was interesting to see, and um, it's interesting to see uh, Mikey's nogi game. I did not take him for a uh, a leg locker. I honestly would have thought he would have uh, incorporated his barambolos and his back takes uh, and translate that into his nogi game, but he's he's been tearing everybody up and uh, le- the leg exchanges and um, catching everyone. And uh, I think his last opponent called caught him in a heel hook, and um, it's been it's been crazy to see uh, crazy to see his uh, transition from. Excuse me. It's been crazy to see his transition from Gi to uh, Noki. So um, I'll uh, I'll definitely be watching uh, Mikey's matches because it is insane how he's been able to transition between the two. And um, I wonder who they'll give him next. Um, I don't I don't know because uh, oh no, they said he's going against Gio Martinez. Oh that that ought to be an interesting match. I'd love to see if uh, Mikey could uh, snatch a uh, a submission on Geo, uh, preferably a leg lock. Good luck doing that to Geo, but um, I'd love to see uh, the match between those two. And um, I know another match they're trying to make is um, Nikki Ryan versus uh, Mikael. So that's gonna be an interesting one, and. Um, that's going to be exciting because, um, right after, uh, he fought Taza, I was like, I wonder if they'll toss Nikki Ryan into the mix because that would be a great match. I'd love to see how those two would do against each other. It would definitely, uh, it'd definitely be an exciting match. I, uh, I hope, um, it, it was either, um, I would love to see the, uh, them two fight or see, um, see Mikhail go against one of the Rotolo brothers. That would be a great, great match. But, um, after that, I think it was, um, the Craig Jones, uh, Rotolo fight. It was a very good match. I, uh, I watched the whole match. It was very interesting to see, um, Craig Jones, um, implementing a top game now because, um, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know if he would pull, I mean, you know, everybody knows Craig Jones is a guard puller, so um, I guess I naturally expected him to pull, and um, he didn't. He came out and wrestled and uh, had some good looks with the, uh, uh, he was trying uh, several Uchimata attempts. He had uh, several of those, and um, it, uh, it he almost caught him in one, and um, after that, it was just the two of them just clubbing each other like crazy, and uh, heavy ties, and... Uh, it was uh it was a good match um they both got uh they both got some good uh 
sub exchanges. Um, I know, uh, I think it was uh, Ty almost came up on a triangle at one point. It looked very, it looked very uh, almost like it was going to get uh, Craig Jones. And then uh, Craig dove, uh, he did like a roll through. Um, I think uh, Ty had his back or um, Craig had an, un, uh, an overhook and uh, he rolled through and almost got in on a, got in on a leg entanglement and uh, Ty was able to uh, to roll through it and uh, get out of it, which was very impressive. Um, not only being that uh, Ty is still, uh, still young, much younger than Craig and uh, not less experienced, but um, not as experienced as Craig in that, uh, in, in those high levels. And um, I mean, Ty, the Rotolo brothers are killing it right now. So, um, it's very impressive to see uh, Ty go out there and uh, um, look as impressive as he did. Even though he couldn't get the, uh, even though he couldn't get the victory, I still think he uh, he showed a lot of uh, a lot of improvement and a lot of growth. So um, I'm telling you, man, those Rotolo brothers, you got to look out for them. They're uh, they're nasty, man. They're uh, they're crazy. They're vicious. They're gonna come uh, take everybody's heads off. So um, so yeah, that was a great match and. Um, I think the next fight will be, uh, when is their next event? Oh, that's right. That's the the road to ADCC. It's going to be uh, Kanan uh, Duarte and um, uh, Mateus Denise. So that ought to be interesting. I know um, that whose number one cards are always stacked. They're never... Uh, I always uh, watch them because they're so entertaining. There's a there's never a uh, a bad who's number one card. Let's see here. What else has been going on, man? I've been gone for uh, a couple weeks now, and um, I took my podcasting equipment to the beach to um, hopefully record an episode for you guys. But honestly, I just never got the time to um, you know dedicate an hour or two to. Uh, set up and, uh, record everything. It was, it, it just, uh, we had so much going on. It was, it was too much to, uh, to commit to. So, um, I apologize, but, um, we're back though. So we're back. And also there was a great UFC fight. Let me get some water real quick because my throat is killing me. That's right, bro. We got the giant jug. Gigante. But there was also a uh, great UFC card. Um, it was Stylebender's uh, headline on the card. Let's uh, let's see here. Let's go over that. And uh, Chan Sung Jung. Uh, no, not Chan. Yeah, Chan Sung Jung. Uh, I'm always so used to calling him Korean Zombie. He fought last night. We'll go over that, too. Uh, <clears throat> Let's see here. Come on, come on. Load, load, load. Come on. There we go. Adesanya Vittori. Man, these fights, they got to figure out something about pay-per-view, man. They got to make them earlier because by the... Uh, Stylebender fight. I was, I was seeing. I was crossing. My eyes were crossing because I was like, "Oh my gosh!" All right, guys, come on. I need y'all to get a finish or something because I'm about to pass out. I think it was like one in the morning, something like, something like that. So it was. Um, it's very late, and I don't like it. Let's see here. I had to pull it up, but UFC's website is shitty. Is not pulling it up for me. I just have to get an Instagram. All right. So where did I start? Where did I start? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I caught the whole main event. So it was um the first fight, Craig and Hill. Oh my gosh! Paul Craig snapped that dude's arm. It was so nasty, man. And I when we were watching it, I saw it in real time. And I was like, "Oh, dude, that guy's arm snapped. They, uh, they need to stop the fight. Something, come on!" And um, they got just the ref just let it keep going. And um, I was like, "Dude, how is this guy? Like, I, th- I don't even know if he tapped. I think he tapped. 
I don't know. But his arm was like straight up broke, and you could see it uh, when uh, they were uh, about to announce him as the winner, uh, Paul Craig. You could see uh, the guy's arm, like the elbow was like this way, like towards the side. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh, that looks so nasty. So, um, yeah, that fight was crazy, but very entertaining. Even though he got his arm snapped. Poor guy. I feel sorry for you, man. I hate that for you. Um, next fight was uh, Maya and Muhammad. Wasn't Muhammad the guy who got his eye poked by uh, Leon? I think it was. I can't remember. But um, great fight. Um, I think uh, what's his name? Maya took that fight, didn't he? Yeah, because I think afterwards he called out. Um, he called out Nate Diaz. And told him he wants to scrap. He said he wants him for his uh, retirement fight. So um, make that fight happen, guys. It was a. Uh, let me see here. Let's see. God, I can't pull this up, guys. I'm sorry, but uh, it's not me. It's uh, the UFC website. They are so shitty. Like, just pull it up, bro. Alright. So, we'll just move on to the next one. So, um, after that fight was... Doo -doo 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 -doo, which, which fight was it? Was it the Nate Diaz? No. Was it the... Uh, I think it was Nate Diaz. Let's see. It was... Yeah. It was the Nate Diaz-Leon uh, Edwards fight. That fight was so good. Um, basically, Leon just putting on a clinic until the last 10 seconds of the fight. Um, man, Nate Diaz, man. What can I say? Um, tough as nails, but almost to the point where it's too tough for his own good. Um, Nate, man, he's a great fighter, but when it comes time to put on the put on the uh, aggression and um, have that killer instinct he just he doesn't have it man um he doesn't go in for the finish and that was his problem this fight i believe he could have went in he could have finished that fight but instead he decided to step back point at him and then begin to stalk him down very slowly i'm like bro what are you doing there's no way you can tell me that you've been winning that fight so you feel comfortable enough to not go in for the kill. You were losing that whole fight. Why would you not go in for the kill? It angers me so much because that is what you do. That is what they train you to do. If you are losing a fight and you have the opportunity to finish, go in for the finish. What is wrong with you? But um, it'll be interesting to see where they put um, Leon now. Um I know uh, him and Jorge have been talking shit back and forth. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that fight. Um, it'd be a great comeback fight for uh, for uh, Jorge to see how uh, how he's recovered from uh, that Kamari fight. And um, it'd be a great test for uh, Leon. I mean, he's definitely justified that he is in the uh, he's in the top. Uh, I would say he's in the top three. I would say he's. Uh, Leon's very good, man. Don't don't overlook Leon, man. And in the next uh, in the next fight was uh, Brandon Moreno and Figueredo. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Up until um, a couple weeks ago, I did not know anything about uh, Moreno. But from watching the uh, from watching the uh, embedded and uh, seeing all those um, seeing the uh, countdowns they put out. Yeah, I was uh I was immediately on the Moreno train when I found out he was Mexican. I was like, dude, I gotta ride with my man's, you know. He's freaking Mexican, dude. Like he has the opportunity to become a the first Mexican born champion, UFC champion ever. Like, how can you not pull for him? I mean, he's about to he's about to uh achieve greatness, man. And he did it. He did it. He he came out, um, looked dominant, uh, took his back. Um, I think it was multiple times, um, cause he didn't finish him that first time, uh, first time he took his back 
and um, man, when he uh, when he uh, finished him with that rear naked choke, and then was just so excited, man. I loved it. I loved it, man, because. I mean, you look at this guy, and I love seeing the memes about him. Like, like he's a geek because he uh, he's got like a YouTube channel where he's uh, and he was talking about this on the Embeddeds too, um, where he collects like Funko Pops and he uh, he uh, he builds Legos and stuff like this. Dude's a badass UFC champion, and he's over here building Legos. Like, it's crazy. He's such a nerd, but yet such a badass. So, um, I'm rooting for you, Brandon Moreno, and um, I hope you stay champ because you're fucking awesome just for being Mexican and being a great badass fighter and then on to the uh, Adesanya Vittori fight I'll be honest with you I overlooked Vittori I wasn't I didn't expect him to come out come out and do even touch Israel because man um, nobody can nobody can touch Izzy at 185 I just I don't think anybody can he's uh, he's washed out that division um the only person I could see him fighting now, which I don't even know. Uh, thank you, Darren Till got hurt. That was the only other person I could see posing a threat to him. But um, only other person was uh was Vittori because he had gotten a um uh, uh, a close fight with him uh when he was ar- when it was earlier in his career. So um yeah, man. Uh, uh, Stylebender just coming out and doing Stylebender shit, man. Just schooling dudes, man. It's just uh, he's on another level, man. It's it's not going to be easy to uh, take out Stylebender, man. And uh, that's why I was so excited to see him go up because um, I think that's where um, he was going to be challenged was once he went uh, up in weight. So um, so yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody at 185 is going to challenge him. And um. After that, man, um, I keep forgetting that today's, uh, I keep forgetting that today's Sunday. I keep thinking it's Monday, um, because, uh, we came, we came back in town on Saturday, and I, I don't know why, I just kept thinking it was Sunday, but, um, by the time this comes out to y'all, it'll probably be in Monday, yeah. But yeah, man, and in more, uh, sports, uh, combat sports news, um, I forgot all about the Anderson Silva Julio Cesar Chavez fight. I forgot this was even happening until um, last night. I just kept seeing it on the internet, and um, it was a great fight, man. I was able to catch it, and um, I was a little nervous for Anderson. Not not because Julio is such a great boxer. I mean, he's okay um, in comparison to his peers. Um, but, um, he's always had problems with committing to the sport and approaching it in a professional way. And, um, I was nervous because I didn't know which, um, Chavez we were going to get. Was it going to be, he was committed now and he was going to come out and just beat the brakes off of an old 46 year old Anderson Silva. Or was he just going to come out and just go through the movements and just inch his way to a decision, which he was just going to make excuses about, and that's what he did. Um, the fight ended up going to decision. I was I was super nervous when I saw. Um, I forgot how old Anderson was. He's forty six years old. It's insane that he still looks that good in shape and he's that old, like, he's not old in the sense of age, but in, uh, in sports, 46 is old, I mean, that's super old, and the fact that he's still out there and, uh, competing, it's insane, it's just, it's crazy to see, and uh, for him to go out into, uh, the sport of boxing, which is, uh, a sport that he's not, um, he's not super, uh, He's not super, uh, he's not well-versed in. I mean, he's, obviously, his background is striking, but um, his was Muay Thai. It was mixed with kicks, knees, elbows. It wasn't just straight hands. And for him to come out and look as good as he did against uh, uh, an elite boxer, it was crazy. It was crazy, man. It um, 
you definitely got to give credit to the Paul brothers, man, because uh, I don't think I think without them, man, we wouldn't have these celebrity fights. And um, not that that was a celebrity fight, but in any other time, the stock wouldn't be high for a MMA boxing match. Without I think without Connor and without um, the Paul brothers, um, you wouldn't have these celebrity matches that are happening. Um, like, for example, the, not long ago, there was a, uh, I think it was last week, there was a uh, YouTube versus TikTok boxing event. Like, how nuts is that? Of course, your boy didn't tune in, because, <laughs> come on now, like, you kidding me? Come on now, TikTok versus YouTube? All right now, I'll, I'll entertain craziness, but I'm not going that far. Come on now. But, um... Shout out to the goat man, Anderson Silva man, the spider, still uh, still doing the damn thing, man. Silva just uh, still killing it. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's his uh, if that's his last uh, fight in general, or if someone can uh, can uh, pull him out of uh, retirement and uh, pick a fight with him. Uh, I know. Um, I think it was Jake said it it'd be a great fight between him and Roy Jones Jr. Which I mean, I'm like, eh, nah, not really interested. There's no, uh, there's no background there. Um, what would either have to gain out of that? You know, it's not really, uh, it's not really interesting. When it was Mike and Roy, I was like, well, that makes sense. You know, they're two older fighters. You know, they were great in their prime. It would, it, it there was parallels there. But for um, Anderson and, um, and. Uh, Let's go for Anderson and uh, Roy Jones. It's just, it's not there, man. I, I don't see it. Um, and speaking of that, uh, freaking out, out of the shadows, Oscar De La Hoya decides he's going to fight Vitor Belfort in a boxing fight. I'm interested to see how that goes. Who knows, man? Oscar's doing so much crazy shit. He's the same way uh, Chavez is in that. Um, you never know what you're going to get with him. I mean, I can't even remember the last time he fought. I think he fought, um, was his last fight, last fight Pacquiao? I can't remember. I can't remember, man. It was so, uh, it was so long ago. Was it Floyd? It might have been Floyd. I don't know. I don't know, man, but he's been, uh, he's been feeling himself lately, um, he uh he was talking shit about Canelo's technique and uh, his ability to box. I'm like, bro, that's not how you talk to the goat, man. Come on now, don't you be talking shit about the goat. Don't you talk shit about Canelo, man, because he'll uh, he'll sleep that ass, man. Come on now, you don't want to upset the champ. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does against Vitor. I say he, I would say he takes it. I could if he comes out and uh, if he's training. And he's really serious about it. I think he'll probably take it, cause Vitor's he's taking a lot of damage, man. He's taking a lot of damage just from wars over the years. So um, I could see Oscar taking that fight. Hey, then you could do Vitor, TRT Vitor, against Anderson Silva in a boxing fight. I would like to see that. What if you do like a Muay Thai fight? That would be interesting. Who knows, man? I wish they would just make... Uh, I just hope they make millions of dollars off of this and take the least amount of damage possible because you don't want to see the 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 greats taking this much damage, man. It, it, it makes me sad when I see this, uh, when I see uh, older fighters uh, taking fights because they have to. Not that uh, Anderson or uh, Vitor have to do it, but... When you see the ones like, uh, like for example, like Chuck Liddell, like when he fought Tito, like you know he has no chin left. He's just taking way too much damage, and yet he's still going out there and uh, fighting. I'm like, dude, it's just the days are over, man. Just, uh, just call it quits, man. Save your brain. And um, that's the same way I felt about um, Chavez Senior. He was the main event um, against Hector Camacho Junior. I don't know much about Camacho because I was way before my time. So was uh, Chavez, but um, 
Chavez next month will be 59 years old and went out there and boxed after he had, I think he went on a run of like 106 something fights. He had had, I know he had over 100 fights. That is insane. Like, I can't imagine the amount of damage he's taken. So when I saw that he was, he was fighting, I was, I, I, I didn't. I forgot about, I knew I'd heard about it, but I forgot that it was actually happening until the night of, and I was like, oh my gosh, Chavez Sr.'s fighting? Oh God, dude. I hope y'all got the stretcher ready, because this ain't going to be nice, man. So, um, and then you had uh, Camacho Jr., which he's only in his 40s. I think he was like 42, 46, something like that. And um, I look at like Anderson, of course, Anderson still looks in great shape, um, and then you looked at, look at, uh, Camacho Jr., and, I mean, he had the kilt on with freaking bedazzles on it, and with the gut, man, I was like, dude, what are you doing, bro? Get out of here, man, like, oh, you're so out of shape, dude, this is not for you, I mean, which, he's a, he's a great professional fighter in his own right, but, I'm like, dude, I, I just want to just, like, tell all these guys, man, like, the days are over, man. Like, just know when to call it quits, man. I think that's where you, uh, that's where you separate the grades, man. When you just know when to hang it up. The like a GSP, he went out on top. That was it. Didn't need to prove anything to anyone. He knew how great he was, and that was it. Didn't need to prove anything to anyone. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a crazy, crazy past couple of weeks. Crazy from a fucking Bitcoin, man. Crypto is taking a dive. I don't know how many of you have uh, have invested in crypto. Um, I'm going to give you some fun... No, I'm not going to give you financial advice just because I don't want to get sued. But um, don't buy crypto, man. Oh, it is killing me. I invested about like... I can't even remember how much, but... I bought it at the high when it was at like 60k and now it's down to like last time I looked it was like freaking 34. I'm like Jesus dude you're killing me. Come on now. I'm ready for this thing to go to the moon. Come on, do that moon thingy. But yeah, man. Um I've been watching oh, I wanted to get into this before we uh before we head out of here. I've been wanting to get into this um the new Loki show has been great. I don't know how many of you have been watching this, but um, I'm a few. I think I'm a either one or two episodes behind. Um, it is great, man. I love the uh, new Loki show. I uh, I always he was always one of my favorite villains because he was just so, so mis- mischievous. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I pronounce that right, but he was very mischievous, and um, I always found him very interesting. So. Uh, I will definitely be watching this whole se- this whole uh, series that they're putting out. It's uh it's been very good. I don't want to spoil too much for y'all, but um it's very entertaining. I'll tell y'all that much. And um something I will give you some sp- some spoilers on is um I watched the beginnings episodes of Borto because I was such a um such a big fan of um of Naruto and um that whole uh, storyline. So, for all my anime nerds, this is our time. But um, if you're not interested in anime, you can just go and clock out because we're gonna go into a deep dive on this. And um, see y'all next week. But um, for all my anime nerds, um, I watched the beginning uh, episodes of Borto, and um, it was okay. There was a few good fight scenes. Um, the best ones were obviously when Naruto and Sasuke fought Momoshiki. And um, that, I thought, was the best part of the series up until this point. This latest episode. And after the Momoshiki fight, I was uh, I was like, okay. Everything's kind of... Uh, it was okay. It was It was a bit too cartoonish for me. I was like, like this is anime. I want to see some people getting fucked up, you know. I want to see people fighting, and um, it was, it was they were doing okay with, you know, they were going back in time and seeing old Naruto and everything. It was okay, but this latest episode, man, it, it caught my attention because um, I'd been wanting to see like 
just get like a brief summary of what's been going on since I've watched, and it's gotten fucking nuts, man. Um, freaking Naruto and Sasuke, it kills me to see them, uh, and spoiler alert, this is, I'm about to talk about what's happening on the latest Borto episode, so if you haven't watched it, skip over this, but it is insane to see them not be the strongest people ever. In the uni- in the Naruto universe, because um, they oh, they're going against um, what's his name? Uh, I think his name was Jugen, something like that. And um, and y'all don't come after me. I've not been watching. I'll tell you straight up, I've not been watching up until this latest episode, just because it happened to come up on my timeline. Jigen, that's what it is. Jigen. And this dude is so strong. And is basically not even the strongest guy, just a vessel for one of the strongest. Oh, Otsutsuki, oh, oh, Otsutsuki, whatever they're called. Um, the big clan, the big Otsutsuki, Kaguya's clan, basically. And um, he's just a vessel for Ishiki, which you see at the end of the episode. Uh, He's talking to uh, Jigen, and um, I was I was wondering I was like why is he talking? Well, it it sounded like he was talking to himself, and I was like why is Jigen talking to himself? And so then I realized that he's just a vessel for um, Ishiki. So I wonder how strong Ishiki is. I looked it up, and apparently um, Ishiki's one of the last people that Naruto fights. So I imagine either Ishiki kills Naruto, or um, they both kill each other. I don't know. I haven't read the manga or tried to even look into that because I want to be surprised. I want to see it. And um, now all sorts of crazy things have started happening. Like, Borta has a thing called a karma, whatever that is. And he started to get the lines over his face. It's it's gotten insane. So I need to I need to keep watching. But um, I wanted to talk about that because it's fucking insane, man. They uh literally went all out. Um, Sasuke brought out the Susano, freaking, uh, I'm not even going to say Jigen did it, freaking Ishiki went right through the Susano, right through the Nine-Tailed Fox, and beat the shit out of both of them, and then stabbed him with the freaking, the, I can't remember what they're called, the little rods, the the same ones that Madara used, stabbed him with, uh, with multiple rods, and then basically trapped Naruto into a coffin. Like circular coffin, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so this is so hard to see because I'm seeing my heroes getting the shit beat out of them. What the hell? And then Sasuke has to leave Naruto back, and even when he was trying to, even when he was trying to figure out a way to get them both out of there, he still couldn't because he didn't have enough chakra. I know I sound like a total nerd right now, but oh my gosh, this is like soap opera for men. This is insane, and don't you dare, you listeners, don't you dare say boys, because only men listen to, only men watch anime, men, so, it is insane to see my, my heroes, they're gonna fall soon, Uh, obviously, the torch is gonna have to be passed from Naruto to Boruto, but, bro, Boruto can't even make a multi, can't even cast a multi shadow clone jutsu, the most he can make is like two or three Boruto's. What the hell? I can we cannot lay the fate of the Hidden Leaf Village and the whole Shinobi world on Boruto's shoulders when you can't even make a multi shadow clinjutsu. WTF man. But um there's my little rant and um I look forward to um talking about more Boruto and um any any of y'all that are anime list, anime watchers Y'all, let me know um, what y'all thought of that last episode, because I thought it was freaking insane, man. One of the craziest episodes I've seen lately, and probably the only one I've seen lately. So, yeah, man, it's 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 right up there with um, Levi killing himself in Attack on Titan, but that's a conversation for another day. But um, that's all I got for you uh, today, guys. Um, like I said, I apologize for being gone for so long, but... Um, Oh, and quick story. Um, 
not really an excuse, but just an explanation of what happened and why y'all didn't get an episode sooner. We were going to do an episode um, right before we left, but literally the day before we were about to leave for the beach, our freaking power went out because of a thunderstorm, and we had to pack our bags by flashlight. So there was no chance that we were going to be able to do a podcast. So that is why you didn't get a podcast um, the week before. And then why you didn't get one while I was at the beach. Because there was just too much going on. I'm busy. I'm busy, my babies. But um, yeah, uh, I love being back on here. Um, we'll have some more. Uh, we have some more things in the works. I'll um, I'll be competing again very soon. I'll have the details on that. And um Look, I've already got some uh, some cool guests lined up. So, um, yeah, man, it's looking great. Um, we're going to keep growing this podcast. Um, y'all, um, I never say this, but be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the uh, to the YouTube channel, um, the Instagram page, the Facebook, uh, the Facebook uh, page. Um, go check that out. Go like it. Go follow it. Um, anything that, uh, anything that you do helps, uh, helps the channel out. So, um, I appreciate y'all and, uh, let's keep this podcast growing. And, um, I love doing this. I love doing this for y'all. So, um, I appreciate y'all and, um, we will see y'all on the next episode. Peace. I have bad news for you.